Welcome to Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. On the show, we will get to know artists, entrepreneurs, and coaches living life in their truth after experiencing an awakening. We'll talk about their journey, wisdom, and any tools they've learned along their path. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I am your host, Vibe Queen, and today I have a special solo episode. I'm going to be talking about feminine and masculine energy, what the difference is, and just really explaining how we all possess both. And it's regardless of what gender, sex you are, what your sexual orientation is, that's actually completely irrelevant. And so just wanted to really make that distinction that every single human being has both masculine and feminine energy. And so I really want to explain what that means, what the difference is, when you can expect to be more in one energy versus the other, when it's out of balance, how you can ground yourself, and just recognizing that both energies work with one another and we all possess both. So hopefully that makes sense. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the definition. So feminine energy is a receptive energy. It's nurturing, it's a passive force, and it's also understood as yin. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the yin, yin and the yang, the black and the white, dark, light, good, evil. Everything has a duality, right? We live in a dualistic world. And so yin is the feminine energy, and that's the act of receiving. So when you are in your feminine energy, you're able to receive And when you have a healthy sense of feminine energy, you're able to receive compliments easily. That doesn't feel awkward. I know for me personally, I went through a very long time in my life where I wouldn't be able to receive a compliment. I would either have to give a compliment back right away, you're so pretty or you're so amazing and deflect, or I would just get really awkward or just in a way, put it down because I didn't want to seem as if I was egotistical, or I didn't want to seem as if I am all of that greatness that the person just told me I was. And so not until I did that inner work and got to the root of where that limiting belief came from, that I'm not deserving of that, did I recognize that pattern came from my childhood, where most of the stuff that we have, most of our baggage and trauma comes from. What I discovered with doing that inner work is that My dad, as much as I love him, my dad who raised me, he just wasn't a very affectionate person. That's just not how he showed love. He would never say, I love you. He showed love through his actions. He was there for me. I know if I called him right now, he would be there for me. He's a, he's very much a person that goes by the motto of actions speak louder than words. So he wasn't very affectionate. He wasn't very nurturing in that sense. And because I didn't get that, I would seek that validation as an adult. And so when somebody would finally give me that as a compliment, it would feel foreign to me. Like, whoa, you think I'm great or you think I'm whatever compliment? That's where that came from. I didn't get that as a kid, so it felt very foreign. I didn't know how to graciously stand in my feminine energy and receive that and just say thank you. When somebody gives you a compliment, just a simple thank you. Just accept and receive and say thank you. That's it, that's all you gotta say. Nothing more, nothing less. The person giving the compliment, just think of yourself when you're giving a compliment. It feels good to just hear thank you because you just, you're giving. And so that is really what it means to be in your feminine energy. That's why it's really, it has nothing to do with gender because even as a guy, if you're in your feminine energy, and you're able to receive that way in a healthy way, that's a good balance. So that's the yin, that's the the feminine energy. Just one example of that. 
Now, masculine energy, that is more assertive, direct, action-oriented, and that's the yang. And so when you think about the masculine energy, for example, I, in the past for sure, and maybe even still to this day, definitely tend to be more in my masculine energy on most days. However, I'm learning, especially with the last relationship that I had, to be more in my feminine energy. It just depends. It depends on the situation. But just to give you an example of when you could be in your masculine energy, even as a woman and be more assertive and more dominant is when you are negotiating. If you are setting up boundaries, those are really times where you want to step into your power and be assertive and be direct and perhaps step into that leadership role and have that courage. So those are all words to describe the masculine energy. However, you don't want to live in that masculine energy all the time. And what I mean by that is proving your point just to prove your point. That's ego or trying to convince or uh, try to change someone's mind because you have to be right. That's really living in your masculine uh, energy. And that can turn very toxic very quickly. And I know from experience, because that's definitely uh, the headspace I was in for a very long time, just wanting to, to prove my point. So ultimately, it's a matter of becoming self-aware. That is really the key that's going to allow you to not only recognize when you're leaning with one more than the other, also recognizing when it serves you to be in one more than the other. For example, one thing that I just really want to point out, especially when you're in a relationship, this came to my attention about a year ago. There can't be, with exception, I should never say never, however, for the most part, there can't be two leaders in a relationship that's going to work in a cohesive, flowy way without any friction or chaos. There can't be two leaders. And so what I mean by that, it's really not a matter of the man or the woman, whatever your opinion is around that with the traditional roles in our society. The point is there can't be two leaders. In my opinion, and I really got to try this out in my last relationship, which was definitely the most conscious, present, and healthy relationship I've ever been in, I got to really explore that, that concept. And so what I mean with there can't be two leaders is just knowing when to let the other person lead and knowing when to fall back almost into submission and vice versa. And something that I recognized that I used to struggle with was feeling that being in my feminine energy, being submissive, right, was a weakness, was a sense of being taken advantage of. And nothing could be further from the truth, especially when you look at the attraction that needs to be there in order for a relationship between a man and a woman to be a relationship where there is sexual attraction versus it just turning into a friendship because that's really what it's going to be or, or a roommate situation. And I, I speak from experience with that as well when I was married and with someone for over a decade. So my point is just knowing when to lead and when to step back. And so the, the last relationship I was in the reason why I believed it worked so well, and we ended up parting ways just because we had different life paths and a grander uh, scheme of things. Other than that, our relationship was very beautiful. I believe the reason why we had such a beautiful flow is because we were able to recognize when one was the leader and when one was in a submissive state. And when you are in that 
sense of yin and yang and harmony and balancing, that is really when you're able to just flow with one another, in my opinion. Again, this I'm speaking from experience. So just something to consider. And I'm going to say something that may sound a little bit crazy, but I believe this to be true from past relationships before my last relationship. It's not so much that we don't want our partners. I'm going to say this from a female perspective, my perspective. It's not so much that we don't want our partners to lead, right? Our significant others to lead, but that we don't trust them to lead. And so when we don't trust them to lead, we don't trust them to step up. We don't trust them to protect, to take care of us, to to follow through. And that could be because maybe they've done something to break that trust, or maybe it's because of something you saw in your childhood or past relationships. When we don't lead with trust and unconditional love that our partner can lead us or make a decision on behalf of the relationship or whatever the situation may be in that scenario. I'm not, and I'm also not saying this is always the case that the man is the decision maker. I'm just saying when there is a scenario where you need to trust your partner, are you second guessing or are you fully leading with an open heart, trusting that they will make the right decision? And even if they don't, being there for them, that it's something that hopefully they learned from and they're able to grow and evolve and you guys can grow and evolve together in that relationship with that empathy, compassion, patience and understanding versus chaos and, oh, how can you do that? That was so stupid and judgment and putting each other down and all of that. And that's exactly what my marriage was. And I can look back and finally take responsibility that one of the things is when it comes to communicating, especially when it comes to masculine and feminine energy, There's a very big difference with expecting and how you communicate. And so something I used to think for a very long time is, well, if I'm with you, we're married or in a committed relationship, I expect respect, adoration, compliments, love, right? There's almost this expectation. However, are you leading and are you presenting yourself in a way where that is going to come out. You have to be who you want to attract because everything's a mirror. So something I recognize in my own reflection is, yeah, when I had a a bad day or if I was frustrated, I would come home and I would be tired and I would be upset and I would complain and I would vent and I would gossip in a sense, right? I'm like, oh my God, this happened at work and can you believe this and that and oh my God. And just so much negativity. It's like, why would the person who's receiving all of that want to even do anything or be positive? It's just a lot of negativity and vice versa. So this expectancy when you're with someone that they have to treat you a certain way, that's complete nonsense. And that's a lesson I I didn't learn until long, long after that, that time was over. But yeah, just something to consider. So for example, and I read this in a book once. It basically said there's a difference between, oh my God, it's 11 o'clock. You still didn't take the garbage out. The kitchen smells. You never take the garbage out. I don't want us to miss it tomorrow. The garbage man's coming. Can you just take out the garbage? Why do you always have to wait till the last minute? Something like that. Versus saying, and this is genuine. This is not passive aggressive. Something like, honey, don't forget to take out the garbage before you join me in the shower or before you hop into bed because I don't want uh, us to miss the garbage tomorrow. Can you do that, please? and smile, (laughs) right? Just being sweet, just being feminine, being in your feminine energy. And this is not me saying that you're being manipulative in any way, shape or form, but just being kind about it, just leading with love. And 
for me, that was a very difficult thing to do for so long because I'm just like, why do I got to just take out the trash? I don't understand. Just do it, right? I had a very matter-of-fact personality and outlook. I tend to be a very dominant person, if you will. If I want something, I'm going to go get it. And I recognize that's the way I was raised. That's what I saw. And as much as I grew up with both of my parents together until they got divorced when I was 19, my mom still had a very independent woman mindset. Like, oh, I don't need a guy. Even though she was married to my dad and he was amazing in many ways, they weren't perfect, but she was always very independent. So that's what I saw. And so that's what, what I became. And often I feel like that's also celebrated. Like, oh, I grew up in the era of, independent ladies or independent women or however the song went by Destiny's Child, like that was celebrated. So this is what I saw on TV, in music. I buy my own car, my own this, my own that. And and again, shout out to the ladies that can do that and totally still something I want to <laughs> strive to do. But my point is there is beauty in interdependence. There is beauty in working alongside with someone and having a partnership with someone where there's an order to things. And so I don't believe in 50-50. I believe you're both whole and you, when you both show up whole to a relationship, ready to just show up where you are, give a hundred percent and lead in love and faith and compassion and all of that good stuff, that's when you're really going to be able to grow and evolve. And even the limiting belief I had, and maybe you're listening to this and you're single or you've gone through a breakup or you're going through a lot of healing and doing the inner work right now. I had for a very long time this sense that, oh, I can't date until I'm fully healed because I'm broken in some way, shape or form. And the truth is we're never fully healed. We're always going to be learning and growing. And, and one of the guests I had on the show, Ricardo, he's going to be, his episode's actually going to be airing after this one. So the very next episode will be Ricardo. So you'll hear him say it. Healing is not a destination. We don't arrive to healing. So once we can shift that narrative and shift that mindset, that healing is not a destination, then we can really just be present and as a coach that I worked with as well, he says, it's Matt Schaefer, he says, enjoy the gap. You have your rock bottom and you have your goal, your destination. And then you have the gap in between. That's called life, the journey, the path, right? Learn to fall in love with the gap. And that just blew my mind because we, we tend to just romanticize the pity party, the rock bottom, or we romanticize and daydream about the goal. But what about the gap? What about the in-between, right? Let's fall in love with that. Let's fall in love with that. And to just tie this whole conversation together, we can do, one of the ways we can do so is becoming aware of our masculine and feminine energy and understanding that energy and recognizing when we are more in one versus the other, recognizing when the other person is more in one versus the other, and then just leading with compassion and understanding and empathy. I think that could be a really beautiful thing. So before we end this episode, I want to share a couple of ways where you can ground and balance your energy. So one way would be through just physical exercise, whether it's dance or yoga or even boxing. I started boxing classes about five months ago. So interesting. I never would have considered taking boxing classes. And the person that uh, I was in a relationship with in last got me into boxing. Didn't even think I would continue with it. And I fell in love. And that's because I was open. 
in the past, I would have never considered it. Like, oh, I don't want to hit things. Boxing, it's such a violent sport. Again, that was just my outlook. I tried it and I fell in love with it. And so for me, it's not yoga. It's not yoga. It's boxing. And I know that's not a very spiritual thing to say, but you know what? It's boxing for me. It's not yoga. And not to say that I don't enjoy yoga because I do, but here's the irony. I took yoga for probably almost a whole year back in 2012 when I was so far from being spiritually awakened in any way, shape, sense of the word. I had no idea what I was doing with the breath and the breathing and the meditation. I'm like, okay, this looks cool. And I feel more present, more at peace, <laughs> and more alive and awakened hitting a boxing bag today than I ever did taking a yoga class nine years ago. So my point is spirituality doesn't have to be the stereotypical shit. It can be whatever you want it to be. Meditation, being here, being focused, being present, you listening to me right now, wherever you are, you can be doing other things that doesn't make you less spiritual. You can go into a meditative state just cooking, washing clothes, folding the, uh, folding the clothes, doing dishes. If you're present and you're there and you feel that sense of uh, peace or calm, you're hitting that bag, you're alive, you're here in that moment. So I just wanted to say that because I feel sometimes there's, there could be a lot of judgment around spiritual activities. The next one that I definitely swear by and I've made a practice daily is meditation. You uh, will probably hear me say this for the rest of my life. Meditation, observing what happens when you sit quiet, when you sit still. That's really the, the gist of it. There is really no right or wrong, good or bad. It just is. It's just what happens when you plop down, you close your eyes, or even keep them open and just sit still. What comes up for you? that's meditation. That's it. And if you want to have some practices to be able to, to sit still and focus on something so you can just observe what does come up, if anything comes up, you can focus on your breath. You can recite a mantra. You can visualize an object. You can have guided meditations. I host guided meditations uh, Monday through Friday, two o'clock central on my Instagram, little plug right there. I have guided meditations on all streaming platforms, but in all seriousness, there are so many different ways that you can meditate. My biggest advice is to just start. You can start with an app, just sit in silence with nothing. In the shower, you could do a shower meditation, give it a try. I know when I implemented meditation, my entire, my entire life changed uh, for the better. The best example I can give with meditation and how it's helpful, especially to ground your masculine and feminine energy, it allows you that extra conscious breath before you react to anything in life, including triggers. And so that's the really cool part because when you're triggered, your body, your nervous system gets like a shot of adrenaline, of stress. And so your instinct, if you don't have that conscious breath moment, is to react, is to type back, is to, oh my God. So if you can take that little bit of a breath, that conscious pause and recognize that it's a trigger, you can do the next thing on my list and you can laugh. When you laugh and you're able to laugh at yourself and you don't take yourself so seriously 
and you can just laugh at the fact that you were triggered at whatever situation, then you can choose differently. You can respond differently or you could respond. You, you could choose not to respond at all. Not every reaction requires a response. That's what my last guest just told me, Amber from Wishes and Wicks. Not every reaction requires a response. So even that can be your response, just not doing anything. But my point is practicing, having a meditation practice allows you to be very present in everything that you're doing. And so I'm feeling that even right now, as I'm speaking these words, I just feel so grounded and connected to every single word that I am saying. And that just feels really good. And when you can lead your life with that kind of presence and just connection, I feel that your communication and your listening skills, your empathy skills, all of those love frequency emotions and skills are only amplified. And if everyone is doing that work and has a meditation practice, then everyone is becoming more self-aware, therefore tapping into that conscious breath, therefore reacting less, therefore experiencing more inner peace. And with all of that is a domino effect. And that's how you do achieve world peace and innovation in that sense. So I know it could sound a little cliche, but I think that's the way. I really do. So meditation, I mentioned laughter. Here's a here's an interesting one. Let yourself be in a relationship. This is a great way to practice surrender and openness. Again, I, I know I touched on this before. If you feel like you are not fully healed yet and, oh, I can't be in a relationship, I'm not ready. Being in a relationship, and of course, this means with a, another person who is open and conscious and is on the same wavelength as you, but being open for that, I feel like it could be a wonderful opportunity for growth. It can be. And it's the reason why the, the last relationship I was in, I believe was just so beautiful because we both went into it with that mindset and intention. And anytime we were triggered, especially me, <laughs> I would, you know, pause right then and there and just address the issue and talk it out and work it out and figure it out, get to the root of it and boom. And I think if you can find a partner or attract a partner and you want a partnership, not saying you have to go out and date, but if it is something that you want, but you feel that you are not healed enough, I think that's BS. If you want to, if you are ready for a partnership, no matter what state of your journey you're in, you can attract, I believe the right person for where you are in your journey and your growth right now to help further you in your journey and your growth right now, because that's exactly what happened in my last relationship. Was that my life partner? No. However, I truly believe now that Yes, you can have a life partner, but you certain people also show up in your life so that you can learn certain lessons. And I think that can be a very beautiful thing if you're open to it. So that's just uh, something to be mindful of. Next up is practice gratitude. I think a great way to ground yourself and balance your masculine and feminine energy is to find something that you can be grateful for and ideally something that you're excited about, maybe a new project you're working on or an opportunity or a relationship or whatever it may be. But getting yourself in that excited state of love and excitement and gratitude will balance your energies as well. So I think that's a really great, a great one. Next one is uh, going into nature. So even something as simple as uh, going for a walk 
you have a rooftop, go on your rooftop. Even just going outside, taking a breath of fresh air. And I gotta take my own advice on that. Go outside more often, except just to go and take my boxing class. But yeah, just going into nature, I think is so important for sure. It's another reason why I'm not sure how much longer I can stay in Chicago. It's so cold here. I definitely love the warm weather, whether it's the ocean or the mountains. So we'll speak it into manifestation right now here on the podcast. Definitely love uh, some warmer weather. So we shall see. But yes, getting into nature, I think, is a beautiful way to ground. Next up, we'll be practicing intuitive writing or journaling. I actually, full transparency, have not really experimented much with intuitive writing and just letting my consciousness flow. So I actually do want to try that out. I've more so only just journaled with, with journal prompts. But I, I feel like that would be something that could be very freeing because there's no pressure. There's no expectation. You just put pen to paper and just see what comes up. I know I had a guest on the launch of Vibe Talk Awaken, Ben Wilson. He said he does 30 minutes, I believe, in the morning of just journaling his thoughts, streams of consciousness. And he says that even if he has nothing to talk about, he will literally say, I have nothing to talk about. And the reason why I have nothing to talk about is because nothing is coming to mind, whatever. And I'm just continuing to go and just seeing what comes up. I think that would be actually a really great exercise. I'm going to implement that myself. Probably a great way to get some creative ideas out as well. And then last but not least, one of my favorites, I do this almost daily, and that's cleansing your space. Not only having a clean space, clean your room, your apartment, but also energetically cleansing your space. You can use incense, you can use sage, palo santo, any of those things to just move the energy in the space where you're at and to cleanse the energy. Sage also helps purify the air as well. So it's just really good to walk around, sage your place, use palo santo. I burn incense pretty much every day, all day. I, I love to use frankincense. That's my favorite scent. I also burn candles. The episode previous to this one, Wishes and Wicks, she makes coconut uh, wax candles. So it's a nice clean burn, which is beautiful. So I love to, to use candles. Just having your environment be calming and just relaxing, I believe can really help with uh, grounding of your masculine and feminine energy and just your energy in general. So that is my last piece of advice. So I hope that this uh, episode helped you. I hope it gave you some more clarity when it comes to masculine and feminine energy. Perhaps you can look into your own life and see if you lead with more masculine or if you lead with more uh, feminine energy. And if you did enjoy this episode, please let me know. I'm always uh, looking for feedback and more topics. If you like these solo episodes, I can do uh, more of these as well. But last but not least, I'm going to give a discount code for some Sage and Palo Santo since I just talked about that. So if you'd like to get some, I uh, do have some available on my website along with Moon by Box, which is a spiritual kit with Sage and Palo Santo. There's a little candle in there from Wishes and Wicks. So that's vibequeenmusic.com forward slash shop. And if you enter the code vibequeen, you'll get 20% off. So yeah, I'm super excited grateful to share what I'm learning as I'm learning in real time and awakening. And uh, till next time, I appreciate you sending you lots of love. Bye-bye.